0: In today's podcast, we've got double review action with TAG and Incredibles 2, a film that Flinty's been waiting for since 2014. I'm very lucky to play a brand new game. I have the pleasure of testing it and it's box office higher or lower yes it's exactly what you think it is and don't forget we've got all your up-to-date news and more in a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts you have to ask yourself what's the harm in one more two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions Talk Filmy to me. Hello,
1: welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, a film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. It's the podcast that went into hiding, not to hide some form of secret identity, but no, I was on my vacay. Joining me on the pod today, it is a guy who you may have heard on BBC News, you may have seen him peering in the bushes, but also you may have heard him on previous pods about science, comedy, and everything else in between. Jamie Hannon, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing very well, mate, but I'd like to clarify they will never see me in the bushes. <laughs> 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 You've got to be an expert at these things, you think, so you'll never go find me. <laughs> no,
1: fair enough, fair enough. Well, um, speaking of not being seen, obviously the pod hasn't been on for the last week or so, and apologies. Uh, like I was saying to Jamie off mic, it was very sweet, some of the messages I got. And the message of, where's my pod? comma dick um <laughs> I like th- that one. <laughs> thank you for the use of grammar um, here you are sir i hope you enjoy um i did do a bit a couple of movie things i suppose when i was on my vacation so i was in in austria in salzburg for a, a charming wedding and Izzy, if you're listening thank you so much for inviting me it was absolutely fantastic um and then i went to venice but i went to the von Trapp castle as part of the, the sightseeing thing
0: do you know what sound music it's a classic isn't it everyone appreciates the sound of music yeah as a child i had to watch that film so many times that either of nuns freak me out anyway especially after the stag do in uh in prague, prague. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh yeah just google that um you know nuns freak me out anyway but the whole singing and i, I I hated musicals for years for that. Absolutely hated them. i tell you what got me back into musicals was Les Miserables, the film with uh, you know the, the one that was made. And yeah, yeah, Hugh someone. Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hugh Jackman. Can't sing, but I thought he was brilliant.
1: I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I generally love Hugh Jackman, yeah. to be fair, pretty much in everything he's in. Um, but also, I can't help but when we were going round the, the castle, mm. um, it's quite funny the tour they give because. They don't obviously want to talk about what happened uh, between 1940 and 1950. However, obviously, The Sound of Music is a film set within that time period. So it's quite funny watching the tour guides try and navigate around the tricky questions because they're trying to make the selling point of this is the castle used in The Sound of Music and you go on Sound of Music tours, but we don't talk about the war, basically. And um, it was quite interesting (laughs) watching them dodge around those questions. I also think, and film buffs out there who are are bright on their cast please let me know. This. I also think it was the castle used in Avengers Age of Ultron right at the start, and oh. they're circling circling around yeah. that she was kind of cool as it's a well. very classic style though isn't it so it'd be interesting to know if that is the thing yeah style. so yeah anyone out there who's far more intelligent than we are please get in yeah. contact on twitter at talk film to me Oh, he's back and dropping it in already <laughs> so <laughs> shall we crack on with news yes let's do news cool so Scarlett johansson amazing actor she's been in some incredible roles yes it's fair to say sometimes she just plays a bit mm. of eye candy but also she does have layers to her performances look at films like lucy yeah. um look at films mm. where like i uh, What's the one with um, Bill Murray in? I'm the wrong person. To Lost ask, in right. Translation. <laughs> oh, Lost in Translation. How did you yeah. know that one? Yeah, that's kind of Johansson. Yeah, there, a right? very young Scarlett oh, Johansson. yeah, really. And um, The Island. Uh, that was one of her first films, actually. Michael Bay wow. doing his typical casting of, I'm just going to cast Victoria's Secret models because that's all I do because I see the world through <laughs> the eyes of an adolescent boy. Um, <laughs> he he actually introduced us to her with The Island with you and McGregor, oh, which wow. I thought was actually. I really like that film. Actually. When did Michael Bay? Stopped making good in depth films and just went to testosterone bro films. I'm
0: gonna throw it in there, I think it was King Kong. Was it King Kong he made?
1: No, that's Peter Jackson. That's Peter Jackson.
0: Alright. Oh, Very similar. Oh white <laughs> <all right>, guys. <laughs> but well, anyway. I still bitter about that hour and a half boat scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, Michael Bay, yeah, he just he, he's made some great films, hasn't he? Yeah, he talked about Transformers and so on but they got bad didn't
1: they No, oh, they were yeah, they, they weren't terrible yeah. but um, anyway Scarlett Johansson she has dropped out of her latest role so she was announced about a week ago she was going to do a transgender role yes I saw this and the internet reacted in the way the internet does or for you know, for fuck's sake uh, why has another white person got to take another minority role mm. away from an actual demographic yeah. and uh, there was actually quite a funny meme of uh, Scarlett Johansson's face superimposed onto Thanos mm-hmm. collecting stones and stone one was the Asian role in Ghost <laughs> in the Shells yeah. Stone two transgender and it's like she will complete complete the collection anyway, she has now dropped out of that role given the backlash from social media and she's been quite elegant about this she goes obviously upon reflection and upon the response from the general public i see representation is really important i am stepping away so that they can find the right person to take up this role so hopefully they will find the, the right person for that
0: but that's interesting that one isn't it because initially she stood fast didn't she she was like no this is the role I want to do, I think I can do a good representation. She wasn't backing down at first, was she? Yeah, that's correct. I think the pressure increased that she got to a point where she just went... And it's a role she really wanted to do because she felt she could bring um, a lot of credit to the role, you know, and and, and gravitas and and do it really, really well. But I do appreciate where she's coming from. Trans actors don't get a lot of film time. Well, hardly any, apart from the new Netflix...
1: um, Show, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah. Drag race. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. no, well, not that one. There's another one as well. Yeah, there, there's um, there's starting to be breakthroughs in that. Yeah. But I I totally feel that to get representation, it's really important. Yeah. And I think because we've tried before of. Actors trying to inherit a role, right? Yeah, in terms yeah. of, like, so, yeah, look at films like *The Last Samurai* of Tom Cruise, right? There's no reason that person had to be American, no, really, no. right? You could have gone and went with a, a local yeah. actor, and um, yeah, there's loads of films where it's trying to appreciate culture, yeah. but. I don't think anyone can play a transgender better than a transgender, yeah. right? It's yeah. like saying you can't find a black... Per- you can't You can't have someone and do blackface. <laughs> Although yeah. somehow Robert Downey yeah. Jr. managed to get away with it and won an Oscar for that, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, you, know, I, it's, you need to sometimes get the... the You can't get under the skin of the character unless you actually are the character.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to tap into, isn't it? Unless you appreciate the pain and the difficulty and, and uh, the emotional journey you've been through on that, I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah. so there we go. I think we successfully navigated that just like a tour guide in Austria. (laughs) talking around the castle (laughs) talking about
0: the great holiday between 1939
1: and 1945 Uh, so anyway we'll keep on the Scott Johansson trail at the moment so her character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Black Widow is going to get her own film some might say long past due and it's found its director Kate Shortland is going to be directing this this Black Widow movie Mm. Um, obviously Marvel being really tight lipped about what films they've got coming out over the next 5 to 10 years A because of what's happened in Avengers Infinity War you obviously don't want to spoil anything but also they've decided that due to the pressure of having to deliver to a massive movie slate, it's better to keep a lot of things more private. Anyway, Kate Sh- um, Shortland was actually part of a shortlist of 65 female directors. Marvel were very specific. They wanted a female director for this. They wanted to, be, they wanted to have their, their Patty Jenkins equivalent in the D- from DC with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, Kate Shortland, she's an Australian director. She's had quite a few uh, great successes, but this is that real big step up and... Um, and yet the only thing is is that if you think about Scott Johansson's character and you think about when she was introduced she was introduced nearly 10 years ago in, in Iron Man 2 wow and um, it's interesting now they're going to do this, this solo movie now if it's a prequel to these films now don't get me wrong she, she's stunning she looks fantastic and everything else it's impossible to look the way you did 10 years ago right without it looking kind of silly so, I hope if they, if, you know, whatever direction they're going yeah. to, this isn't a prequel where it's a, oh, it's Scarlett Johansson with a Russian accent trying to, to tell the story of Black Widow. What's your take on this?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, obviously technology has come quite some way, isn't it, in, in terms of being able to get people to look younger than they actually are. Um but, you know, you'd never go... So all this reminds me You know, as soon as you said that, I picked up on... Well, they could do the technology, couldn't they, to make them younger? That has been done in films, hasn't it? To, yeah. To show Think flashbacks. Think of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rogue One, exactly. Um, but what it flashes back to, for me, is the classic um, way that was ever done in Back to the Future trilogy. Oh, that
1: was incredible. Where Doc
0: Brown was made to look older in the first film for that trilogy. Uh, sorry, I just had to get in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, a classic. Yeah. You've got to segue in whenever you can, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of, of transformations for film, so this film actually was made about a year ago, but um, due to scheduling and, uh, and just general getting film over the line, it didn't actually um, materialise until now. And this was Margot Robbie is starring as Mary, Queen of Scots, and she Ooh. has gone for a complete transformation completely unrecognisable uh, mm. she really does if you think of those old Victorian paintings she looks like that and the trailer dropped for that last night and it looks really really interesting um, I mean I, 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 love, th-
0: I love historical <laughs> films anyway you know I love you know <laughs> even the terrible ones like Arthur you know the recent one with David Beckham in
1: um,
0: <laughs> yeah, but I love anything that's set in an ancient world where you know there was a little bit of mystery a little bit of you know magic almost so yeah i'm looking forward to this this will be good
1: yeah and i think this is going more down the the factual route rather than the mythical route but it's still it still looks interesting at margot robbie she doesn't get enough credit for her acting ability um obviously you know yes she does play a bit of eye candy in certain films and stuff like that but i argue watch films like I tonya or um even even when she was um harley quinn as well she she does actually bring some really interesting stuff to it obviously Wolf of Wall Street you think of how great she was in that and uh what dynamic she brings to that so this is going to be a real flex of her acting chop so it's going to be interesting yeah I think um there's been a reason why it's been delayed for a long time I think a lot of people were unsure about the concept of her playing Mary Queen of Scots is that enough to bring in a big crowd but you get the right budget you're going to make a good film yeah it's a good story anyway
0: historically so I'm looking forward to mm.
1: that cool so uh, let's talk about other trailers that drop so Netflix, uh, we have been given a screener for Extinction. We cannot give our review of it yet because of the review embargo, but uh, the trailer dropped for it, Extinction. It's got, or sorry, should I say, Dirt Extinction. It's got Michael Pena in it, and it's great to see him in a lead role. He's a really, really great actor. You think about him in, in Ant-Man when he's the, the sidekick on that, and, and just the stuff he appears in. He's always bringing that comical relief. But this is a serious film. It's about a guy who... Uh, foresees visions of our extinction of how it is going to happen and then immediately the events start leading towards that okay and uh, it's big budget triple a money going down on this and it is a netflix original this hasn't been old this is a studio that bugged a a project a la um, paradox equations and stuff like that this is purposely made for Netflix and it comes out in July 27 so if you haven't Ooh. seen that yet you know, please have a look at that and check out the trailer um, so let's move on to some, some movie stuff that's been announced, so Neil Blomkamp uh, you may know him as the director from District 9 he's also worked on uh, quite a few other things like Chappie and that sort of stuff mm. he's got a very uh, South African flair to his work, he's very proud of where he comes from and he, he applies that to the stuff he makes he is directing a Robocop film Ooh. now this film is uh, very yeah. interesting uh, this is not a sequel to the remake okay um with Cole Ginneman in because that Roma was very companies. good I enjoyed that
0: I enjoyed that but the problem with RoboCop is it, it we've had a lot of hit and misses with Robocop over the years haven't we a yeah. lot of hit and misses and it's a film I love so I don't want him to ruin it
1: well that's why Neil has decided that he's he's Robocop movie is a direct sequel to the first film and Ooh. Robocop 2 and Robocop 3 did not exist that would be good and it's going to be called Robocop Returns we have no more information about that Um, you know what I'd love it if they got the original Murphy back oh yeah (laughs) although you only see his mouth or (laughs) his freakish head yeah or his freakish
0: head oh yeah good point we'd be much older now though.
1: (laughs) well here here they just stretch his head back but it turns out actually he's a really good actor like Mm. not just outside of Robocop I mean he'd done a turn in Sons of Anarchy which was Mm. really interesting also a really good voice actor so he went into a lot of animation films so you know the the Dark Knight Returns Mm. and the the film adaptation done in animation he voiced Batman in that and he's got such an epic voice actually you kind of forget about that because you're so drawn to obviously the visualness of Robocop but he actually has a really unique voice so um, we haven't got a release date for it yet anyway we know that Neil Blomkamp is just a massive nerd he was the guy who made a load of fan art for a potential direct sequel to Aliens. Nice. And um, that was so close to being greenlit, but unfortunately that got canned at the last minute. So he Mm. went and decided, you know what? I'll make the sequel that everyone deserves for Robocop instead. And you say we don't know much about it, but I can already anticipate what
0: most of it's going to be about. Gunning down bad people. (laughs) (laughs) That's the premise.
1: And everything else is fluff. (laughs) One one of my favourite T-shirts I've ever seen. It's not like an expensive one. You could probably see it in markets or whatever. It just says... Black T-shirt, white writing. Remember that time RoboCop shot a dude in the dick?
0: yes we all do yes we all do right
1: so, so other movie news so Indiana Jones 5 yes it is happening oh, wow really yes it is happening it's been announced for, it got announced three years ago actually mm. yeah and, but
0: it's one of those things isn't it where you, they announce and you think that's not going to happen
1: well they've they've come back and said that yes we are still making it um, Harrison's quite busy at the moment so and Stephen old. and <laughs> so we have moved the date to 2021 which okay. is very ambitious given um Time and yeah, and mm. everything else on that, but um, I'm kind of I don't know, I'm not very excited about this. I also think that Harrison Ford, this might be blasphemous to some of our listeners, but he can be accused of phoning it in a little bit. And mm. um, I think The Force Awakens, he was kind of just being Harrison Ford, not yeah. being Han. Yeah. But saying that, Blade Runner 2049 was a awesome performance, you can tell he really wanted to get this project off the ground and really be involved in it if I get Harrison Ford Blade Runner 2049 then I'll support this if it's just a case of we've got a contractual obligation or Steven Spielberg Mm. just kind of wants to to, to play about with his old toy set then I'm not sure Um, do you you think it might be
0: a case of Ford didn't go down well and they're trying to redeem the the collection and we've talked about our feelings of Indiana Jones before on this podcast but you know four four left a lot of people disappointed it was one that they were really looking forward to people know my opinion I don't think aliens are any more ridiculous than a covenant ark so the ark of the covenant built by God yeah Yeah. I'm not going to go down that route now (laughs) you know but, but yeah I don't think that's any more ridiculous but um But where can they go with this one? Uh, Are they going to go down the religious route again or are they going to try and... Because they kind of tried to border into the science sort of area, didn't they, by by going down the alien route. Is that something they're going to keep doing? Uh, They
1: have not mentioned any of the story tropes yet. I think Mm. they need to take a long, hard look at themselves. But... What is very interesting is that... I mean, God, this shows how immortal Harrison Ford really is. Mm. The original writer of Raiders... Yeah. Obviously, he, he's now... He's obviously a very astute writer. Um, very, very accomplished. His son is taking the mantle and will be penning the scripts Ooh, to this. Okay, um, So it is literally in his DNA yeah. to write for, for Indiana Jones. Which is... I mean, that's fantastic. But Harrison Ford, it shows he's the only constant. I personally think we shouldn't go down the continuation route Mm. I think if you look at the best characters of our lifetimes right Mm. and of generations it's about reinterpretation right it's about stopping starting again telling a new generation in a new way you think about your Sherlock Holmes you think about your think about Batman you know yeah yeah Kirk yeah. didn't become immortal till Chris Pine played him because it meant that it transitioned from Shatner to someone else, and yeah. from Pine, someone yeah. else will play it, and from that, someone else to someone else. Yeah, that's a good point. And for Indiana Jones to really be that immortal character, we all—I mean, Han managed to successfully transition, yeah, and um, you know, for better or worse. And I think they need to do something similar here. I think we need to to go back, um, but then again, um, we knew everything we need to know about Indy. Yeah. they were the inventors of the prequel of the origin story so and they mm. did
0: set it up with his son didn't they so yeah, yeah I, well, could, I could imagine that's probably where it's gonna go is his son taking over. i don't
1: think anyone imagined shia labeouf would go be shia labeouf um, so yeah. yeah it's it's, it's an interesting one, one. but let, let, you know, let's let's reserve yeah. judgment till we yeah, know more let's see what um but i'll tell you who else is also coming back and reprising a role another segue for you mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams is going to be back as Lando Carizian in episode 9 oh brilliant announced he is back
0: we've missed him actually he's a great character I mean don't get me wrong um, it's just you know the, whole, the Cloud City going to be in it as well
1: right, no one knows no about one knows. the story stuff um, yeah. sorry about that it seems a motorbike just crashed the studio <laughs> um, but he is he is back as Lando he yeah. apparently he auditions to be in episode 8 and his story trope was going to be owning the casino they go to oh yeah we've said like, that on a previous um, pod yeah but in the screen test he wasn't as smooth charm and sophisticated as we would like to have remembered oh. um, but given the, um, this might be a knee-jerk reaction to everyone going, you fucked Luke, you yeah. ruined our childhood. Okay, 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 Billy D. Williams is going to be back and he's going to be really smooth.
0: <laughs> he's please, be, please don't hate us.
1: Don't hate us. Look, we'll go back to the Cloud City yeah, yeah. and he'll call everyone a pirate and yeah. it'll, it'll be all good. <laughs> yeah, we will be sad about Han. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And look, i he obviously, for whatever reason, didn't work out for him episode eight. Mm. They've gone away. They've got time to think about this. Got time to get it right. So, it's interesting that the guy who double-crossed them, the guy who they they only turn to when things really go foobar, is going to be the the mainstay mm-hmm. of episode nine. Because obviously we know Leia's not going to be in it because Carrie, you know. God bless and all that is no longer mm. going to be in so we know that Kerry's not going to be in going forward because of uh, for obvious reasons and Disney have come out and said we're not going to be digitally recreating her yeah so and uh, we know Luke's going to be in there as a force Ghost. he even says the line see you around kid so we yeah. know that's going to be there um, but they're still keeping details very close to their chest mm. I think we need to know some details around October time by their usual schedule because um, they're scheduled to come out Christmas Um the following year yeah. which is good they've pushed that back because I don't think Star Wars films should come out in May
0: no we're used to having one at Christmas now <laughs> it yeah. seems, seems crazy to say that after all these years but we are used to having them at Christmas and it's a nice
1: I think everyone likes it don't they, they yeah like, they've cemented that. Yeah. you've spent all this work and marketing and budgeting to mm. basically say look Christmas is Star Wars time and yeah. every other film that comes out at that time goes fuck me I do not want to compete with that yeah and they've changed everything and yeah. yeah, one of the reasons why I think Solo was a flop um, wasn't because the film I think the film's great but I think the timing six months I mean mm. in some countries The Last Jedi was playing in cinemas up until March so right. that's only four months before um, Solo came out again so yeah they did they didn't it get the time It's it build up right.
0: that anticipation does it you know, people don't get excited about it because they've had that one film you need time you don't need to build up that excitement again. exactly that's what Star Wars is about Star Wars is about being excited feeling that that childness like you know mentality of oh my god is a Star Wars film coming out you know, yeah I still remember how I felt when episode one was coming out yeah um, you know I was in my teens I think but I was so so excited massively disappointed afterwards but I was so so excited about it and that's what Star Wars is
1: about for me yeah definitely well anyway hopefully we can pull on some of those remember berries mm. and get your heartstrings pulled again for Billy D to, to be back anyway just to wrap up news um, I don't have any more on this other than the title suggests um, Downton Abbey's going to get an official movie um, yeah it's one of the most watched TV shows on the planet. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people excited about this. I've got from my hands up. Never watched it. So, yes, that's going to be... That's officially confirmed. No more other details. On that only got announced last night. But mm. uh, obviously, although this, this pod might not be too excited about that, I can imagine there is a massive percentage of the population who are. So yeah. for you, we have included it in the news. And that's news for this week. Anyway, shall we have a review? Yes. so Jamie as in not the co-host Jamie but John's wife Jamie uh, who by the way get confused on so many occasions (laughs) it
0: makes makes the bedroom very awkward
1: (laughs) (laughs) never notice they've never been in the same room at the same time Uh, she and her lovely husband John went and reviewed Tag we talked about this in the pod a while Mm. back when we first announced this film was being uh, conceived of it's based on a true story but I'm not going to go into any more details than that Um, here is their review enjoy Should we have some (laughs) banter? Yeah,
2: Yeah. what what should we say? it funny. Yeah. Um, Uh, Like, hey, uh, hey. welcome to Talk Filmy to Me.
3: Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's not banter. It's not funny. I'm sorry. No, I liked it. All right. Hello, John and Jamie from Talk Filmy to Me here. We are reviewing a film called Tag this week. I'm sure you'd have seen it. It's all over the place in a cinema near you.
2: Lots of famous people are in it.
3: It's got a stellar cast, let's be honest. Let's run through a few names. We've got Jeremy Renner. We've got Ed Helms.
2: John Hamm.
3: John Hamm. And some awesome other very recognizable people. Rashida
2: Jones.
3: Great cast. Now, let's get to the plot, shall we? Well, <laughs> so, action comedy featuring, but loosely based on a group of guys who actually had a Wall Street Journal piece about them. They've been playing a game of tag for 30 years and they do it one month a year and they basically turn up at each other's events or just in each other's lives from across the country and tag. Uh, Adorable. And the story deserves, I think, a lot of heart and soul, as well as comedy. Um, Now, what did we get here, Jamie?
2: Well... Not not much of any of that, really. I love the idea, the story on which this film is based. And we didn't really... You don't get to see any real footage of these guys, the group of friends who, who have the 30-year game of tag until the very end of the movie. It's like the last two minutes. Mm. And that's where all the charm of the movie was for me. Mm.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is taking a leaf out of films like Hot Fuzz, those sort of action comedies that are all the rage last few years they've been coming out a lot more a lot of action kind of delves into comedy a lot of comedy delves into action there's a nice little hybrid of the two um this i felt like it didn't have uh, so much of the comedy
2: it went too far with the action i thought it took all of the real heart and soul out of the story
3: yeah You know who I thought it was lacking? Hmm. Paul Rudd. It
2: it did totally need a bit of Paul Rudd. Paul
3: Rudd, but the performances
2: the performances were pretty were good. I felt it was the script and the the way that it was puffed up into this action film that sucked all the soul soul out of it. I
3: thought the action it was overcompensating. It was like, oh no, this bit's not funny enough. Let's do a super slow mo and Mm. put a serious voice on. And I I mean that being said, half the cinema. Was full, and there was quite a few laughs. Some very generous laughs. Of you know, you know, when you get a member of the audience, you like you you will laugh at anything, won't you? It was <laughs>
2: tough though because there were parts of it as well that felt a bit off off color and uh, just a bit mean. Like the way they treated the bartender who just wanted to be friends with them.
3: Yeah, there was it was kind of a couple of uh, just off color. There were things parts. that didn't make
2: sense to me that I was like, that's not funny. There's no reason for that, you know?
3: Definitely. I totally agree. It just didn't quite... It Almost like it didn't read the room. Um, Or it didn't know whether to be edgy or not. But it definitely wasn't charming enough to be edgy. Yeah. Um, Now, all this being said, I mean, this was not a good movie. It was the sort of movie I would contemplate leaving halfway through because you you're not going to get anything out of it but But
2: we were here for you dear listeners we (laughs) we stood
3: we stood and it actually the last two minutes of the movie were some of the most charming things I've ever seen because it showed the actual guys that it was based on and it was their real life footage of them tagging each other at their uh, all sorts of events sporting events
2: family events It was events. so cute I laughed out loud and I cried in those 2 minutes whereas the entire rest of the movie I hadn't la- I hadn't really had a true emotion was, an emotional reaction
3: It was bizarre to show it at the end because it it made you realize how how much of the film was lacking the heart and charm and soul from the last 2 minutes of it yeah. So I mean the film's very it's loosely based on these guys and it's got the best comedic talent they could find. All great. And but... there's some
2: funny lines. There's like some good, there's some good, there's some good writing, you know, interspersed. Yeah. Bits of gems and some, and they've got good chemistry, the guys, I think.
3: Yeah. But the guy, it's, there it just wasn't enough about keep staying in each other's lives and that male bonding and camaraderie that really gets you in the feels sometimes, you know, when you, guys who are typically less uh, no, sorry more withdrawn are actually you kind of see see that and it gets to you this lacked all of that it kind of just went for the action comedy and didn't quite pull it off um let's talk female roles in the film it oh. felt like
2: oh my goodness it
3: felt like the hangover if that if it was made at when the hangover was made, it wouldn't even bother putting the women in. So this kind of felt like, oh, we should put some female roles and give them some characters. But, my God, you needn't have bothered. It was just It ridiculous. was such a...
2: First of all, what a waste of Rashida Jones.
3: She was just there to make up...
2: She, she the, was there to be a, a something for them to be jealous over. She was there to put a bit of conflict in their friend group. And she had nothing to do other than that and is it isla fisher is that the other actress's name
3: quite possibly
2: um the redhead yeah she had quite a big role but it was so incredibly unrealistic it seemed like she was there to almost fulfill this like crazy up for anything wife fantasy almost do you know what i mean
3: yeah not completely not believable, um, didn't add a whole lot. It was, yeah, it was very contrived, I thought. Um, and
2: there were moments, to go back to what you said about the male friendship bit, I think they they recognised that and tried to inject these like bits of really intense, tender you know, emotional connection between these guys, but it felt very forced when it did, because it, it just didn't arrive organically, in my mind. It
3: fell very flat. Um, so let's give us a score. Yeah. I mean, I would be giving this one star if yeah. it weren't for the charming last two minutes. Um,
2: but you can see the lot. You can probably find the last two minutes on YouTube. So
3: <laughs> that's our film recommendation. I'll
2: give it one star and definitely see if you can find the last two minutes on YouTube
3: and read the Wall Street Journal article. About yeah, him, what mean, a cool
2: story! It's
3: a great story and one of the be- our favorite things. We came out of the cinema and there was a group of guys and they just started playing tag. Like, and you can imagine. There must be groups of guys in their early 20s that might watch that together and start a game of tag, and maybe it is something that will keep them together. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I'm going with two stars. Uh, not a big recommendation, but what about you, Jamie?
2: I think it's a one for me. A one? It's <sighs> a one.
3: <laughs> one. wow.
2: Is that really drastic?
3: Not really. I'm just trying to pay attention. <laughs> one from Jamie. Unbelievable. Yeah,
2: but I still... I don't regret going, cause uh, cause I got to go with you, <laughs> and I got to see you the, the last two dinner, minutes. Got a free dinner. I you dinner, yeah, nice date with my husband. Um, and yeah, knowing about the story is cool. Like it's a it's a really charming story, and and I'm glad to have learned about that. Mm. Warms my heart. <laughs> yes. The film, not so much. Yeah.
3: Well, I'd be intrigued if anyone disagrees. And for it was absolutely chuffing hilarious. Feel free to disagree and tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, Anyway back over to you Flinty
1: so there you have it two out of five they're not particularly complimentary of the actual comedy in it but there seems to be quite a charming film at its core so Mm. yeah it's one of those probably not go spend your money on but if it's part of your subscription services go listen to but just uh, before we round off that stuff just want to give a massive congratulations to Jamie she has just been cast in the West End production of The Company Um, this is a massive opportunity for her it's a great Broadway show that's coming over to the UK and uh, I think we gave her a big break on this <laughs> podcast.
0: It's not easy. It's not easy to get, get a break these days, but the pod is all about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, Jamie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be hearing more and more about your successes going forward on that. So anyway, shout, Jamie, Cage Your Nonsense uh, took the internet by storm. People absolutely loved it. But yeah. as I mentioned before, I'm shelving it. Um, just because oh. you got you got to let these things move on and adapt and everything yeah, else. No, I get so that means we have a new game, and you're going to be the first participant. Love it. I'm okay. calling it box office higher or lower, and here's the jingle. I love it. So, box office, (laughs) higher or lower, it's pretty much what it says on the tin. I'm going to tell Jamie a film, and he has to tell me... And Sorry, I tell Jamie a film and how much money that film made on its opening box office weekend. I then tell him the title of another film, and Jamie has to guess whether that film made more or less. So, for example, if I say Avatar, $270 million in its opening box office, I then say Love Actually. You say... Lower. And you would be correct. Yes! Okay, so that was your example. You have not necessarily got that first point. And there is a bonus round at the end, which I'll tell you. So, are you ready? Yeah. I'll tell you your first film. Star Wars The Force Awakens made $247 million in its opening weekend. Okay. The Dark Knight, higher or lower? Ah, lower. You are correct. The Dark Knight made $158 million in its opening weekend. The Simpsons movie... Uh, lower you are correct the yes. Simpsons movie made 74 million dollars in its opening weekend right. The Great Gatsby oh
0: oh people really liked this film didn't they it's
1: based on a classic book been around yeah. for hundreds of years
0: I am gonna say based on the fact I saw The Simpsons and not The Great Gatsby I'm gonna risk another lower
1: oh you are correct I get (laughs) it The Great Gatsby made 50 million dollars on its opening weekend so the next one Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone oh the very first one very first one bear in mind a lot of anticipation a lot of anticipation a lot of books but The Great Gatsby had been around for 100 years previous it had it had Um, I'm going to go higher you are on a roll, my friends. $90 yes. million on its opening weekend. Oh, less
0: than I thought, though. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true. Also, bear, you need to bear in mind time difference, right? So yeah. marketing budgets and all that sort of God, stuff. yeah, yeah. Tickets yeah. are more expensive now. There are more cinemas around nowadays. Yeah. You've got to consider all this stuff when you're deciding higher or lower. Yeah, very true. Okay, so. Oh, that's just got much more complex. <laughs> so Harry Potter, Philosopher's yeah. Stone, $90 right. million. Right. Uh, done really, really well and started a legacy of films. Right. I'm going to go Toy Story 3, higher or lower?
0: oh god uh, well a lot of kids would have seen it so that's a lot of concession prices <laughs> uh, uh, see I don't think there was as much anticipation around Toy Story 3 and I'm so I oh, it's more family friendly I'm going to say lower
1: I'm sorry sir you are incorrect oh. Toy Story 3 grossed $110 million on its opening oh, weekend man. okay, okay so, me. Toy Story 3 moving on to Wonder Woman higher or lower opening weekend Higher. You are incorrect. Oh, God, really? So, Wonder Woman had loads of legs.
0: Yeah.
1: Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> because of word of mouth. So, it generated yeah. a lot of money, but its opening weekend was 103 million, which, by the way, is still oh. a chuff load of money. Yeah. So, still in the DC universe. Wonder Woman, 103 million on its opening box office weekend. Suicide Squad. Higher or lower? Oscar winning Suicide Squad, I might add
0: stop trying to throw me off with these curveballs I'm going to say it's a little bit similar to Wonder Woman I'm going to say lower
1: it's higher I've lost my role (laughs) it grossed 133 million dollars in its opening weekend Uh, so from Suicide Squad moving on to a classic movie Independence Day higher
0: love it film love that film no you're going to let me down aren't you because it's an old film it's an old film I'm 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 an idiot I'm an idiot
1: yes Independence Day was lower than Suicide Squad on it's opening weekend and it launched on July 4th yeah and um, it only grossed 50 million dollars oh. in it's opening weekend That's like,
0: you're talking about like 27 years ago aren't you yeah
1: you're talking years, a 20 lot 20 years ago far less cinemas far less yeah, yeah, yeah. marketing and uh, the and yeah it's, it had legs though it lasted a lot mm. over that cinema so Independence Day your final one Independence Day grossed 50 million dollars opening weekend Spectre higher or lower oh higher yes but not by much oh yeah 70 million on it's oh, wow. opening day so let's tote up your, your streak so it was one, two, three, four, five, six. so you could double those points to 12 and we'll keep a little tally yeah let's double it now obviously we're going to double it because yeah. points mean prizes yeah. in the world of nothing <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you three films and you have to tell me which one grossed higher if oh. you're correct you double your points
0: I was feeling so confident about this game. okay
1: John Wick, Rocky 5, Justin Bieber. Colon, never say never. Oh,
0: God. Which film
1: it. grossed more in its opening weekend?
0: Well, I've seen two of them. Can you guess which two I've seen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's difficult because you've got to try and take personal opinion out of it. Yeah. Very much love John Wick. But, so have got John Wick, Rocky 5, or Justin Bieber. There's a lot of losers out there that would have seen the Justin Bieber story. <laughs> but there's a lot of anticipation around Rocky 5 and it was awful <laughs> but that first weekend there have been a lot of that's an old film now isn't it oh I don't know Rocky f-
1: Justin Bieber oh you are correct sir yes (laughs) John Wick and Rocky 5 only just beat the 14 million dollar mark where Justin Bieber colon never say never grossed 29 million dollars on it's opening weekend (laughs) still not high is it still not very high well I mean you've got to look this relatively right if you only spent 5 million dollars on your film and it grosses 3 times the amount then you know fair play John Wick though that's disappointing isn't it well it become it, it become a cult it become a cult classic, classic yeah, right yeah. so there you have it box office higher or lower if you're enjoying it and you've got some film ideas you want to send through get in touch at yeah. talk film to me on twitter So, Incredibles 2, a lot of people hold this film in very high regard, yours truly included in that list. Um, the Incredibles was absolutely fantastic. I think it came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. I remember taking a girl on a date to go see that. Like She was like, oh, should we go see a film? I was like, yeah, 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 definitely. And like she was hoping to go see, I don't know, something with action, suspense, you know, for adults. And I was like, I want to go see a Pixar film. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Oh, how times have changed. But the film continuity has not. Uh, Incredibles 2 is literally set in that final scene in Incredibles 1 where the Underminer appears. And that's where the film, the second film, I should say, takes straight off. The visuals have been slightly updated, obviously, because it's been about 15 years since that original film. So uh, and it turns out I can't count neither. But it's been a long time <laughs> since the first film. And uh, yes, obviously, technology has moved on slightly. It's
0: it's a film that you've been looking for, personally, for quite some time. Oh, yeah. If you go back to our previous
1: pods and so on,
0: you'll hear Adam talk about this film quite a lot. He's been very much looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, this. it's my favourite Pixar film. What I love about it is the soundtrack is beautiful. It could have been mm. picked from a James Bond score. Uh, the visuals are absolutely incredible. And it was told in a time when superhero movies weren't necessarily for law of, you know, one coming out every quarter sort of yeah. thing. So And they really did set the tone. I think that they got the Fantastic Four... Right, far better than any Fantastic Four film will. Um, I think if you take that Pixar ingenuity of uh, marrying great technology with great storytelling with some real unique individuals, I applaud you to read the book Creative Inc. It's done by Brad Bird and... Ed, I can't remember the other guy's name, the two guys who founded Pixar, and it is absolutely incredible to hear the journey they've gone through. Now, this is obviously a sequel, and if you look at Disney Pixar sequels, you think about Toy Story 2, Cars 2, Finding Dory, uh, Monsters University, it is fair to say that... The sequels never quite live up to the originals. Now Yeah,
0: kinda of almost like straight to video or straight to DVD or straight to download as it would be today. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, kind of like this is not that film. This is a big budget film which has its own story, its own continuity, and its own right. I'm gonna go on record and that It's probably the best Pixar sequel I've ever seen, and I include Toy Story 3 in that bracket as well. Oh, strong. Um, strong original bold. cast. Um, they haven't aged a day in terms of their voices mm-hmm. so they sound like it is literally taking the following scene and obviously with it being computer animated we don't have to worry about looks so yeah it very much continues that um, but interesting the story trope this so basically superheroes are still in hiding there is a private backer a financial backer wanting to bring superheroes back and he approaches the incredibles wanting elastigirl to come out of hiding because the collateral damage caused by mr incredible and Frozone, i.e boys with their toys being too loud and bangy yeah. um, means that the public perception is always that the the benefits never outweigh the negatives caused by these heroes fighting in the streets yeah. so elastigirl is brought out of retirement and they help her fight crime and she's the main character. She is the protagonist in this. Mm. What does that mean for Bob? Well, Bob has to stay home and look after the kids. It's very much a fish out of water, someone mm. who's not very used to um, being at that home. He is literally shelved for this film, as well as Dash. In fact, every male character in this film is kind of left to the sidelines. Now, this is very indicative of our time, but also it, you can tell that Pixar... Felt that they need to do course correction. Yeah, in the in the first Incredibles film, yes, it is fair to say that the female characters in that film are basically there to look after children. Mm. They were shelved. They I were shelved yeah. exactly. So the balance has been switched in favour of. So a, just swung the pendulum in the other direction. Yeah, exactly. And I I I think it's great for the times. I think it's great mm. for. For women to have this sort of representation in films, and I can imagine every little girl watching this film would love to grow up to be a last girl, which yeah. is absolutely fantastic. And I really enjoy unrealistic, it. but
0: fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't stretch to <laughs> you can't stretch to beyond yeah. uh,
1: your own means and all yeah, that. But nice. um, I will say it is absolutely incredible what they do. Pardon the pun with the use of her powers. So they find very creative and imaginative ways to use her elasticity to. Get out of situations. Mm. Really creative. You would never have thought. Of, oh my god! Yeah, if I. That of course, that's how you would do that. Or mm. oh, this that's really cool. That's how you would stop a train from from crashing. All that sort of stuff. Oh, nice. I'm not going to go into too much story tropes. You can get all that from the trailers. Jack Jack um, steals the show for me. He's absolutely hilarious. I am a, a young father, so I I do empathise with a lot of the struggles of of uh, trying to get a baby to sleep and all that sort of stuff. And um, interesting thing though. in the Incredibles first yeah. one, right. Jack-Jack with a scene with Sidestro and he, he, he discovers he has powers and all that. I'm pretty sure everyone sees Jack-Jack doing that. Yeah. The family are under have no idea that he has powers and oh. they discover he has powers in this film. I felt that was kind of bad writing because I'm pretty sure in the yeah. first film they all saw him... We'll have to check that for continuity. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, they're, they're trying to give the impression that when he was up in the sky in Sedestro no one could see what was going oh, on yeah. and they're, they're very surprised. And Jack-Jack actually is the ultimate superhero. He has a collection of powers and no one knows the limits of his powers. Yeah. There's a really charming scene with Edna Mode which I did not realise is voiced by... Brad Bird, the director and writer of oh, wow. The Incredible Songs. what I absolutely love about their marketing campaign is, um, I anyone who knows I actually uh, my my background career is publishing. I work in uh, many digital publishers. I've worked at places like CNN, Skype. but I've recently turned my attention to the fashion industry. I've been working at a place called The Business of Fashion, which, by the way, listen to their podcast; it's yeah. absolutely incredible. You won't be able to tell looking at his outfits, but yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I all of a sudden. Let's just say my knowledge of the the fashion sphere is mm-hmm. increasing. And yeah. part of the advertising campaign for The Incredibles, too, was they made this video which looked like it was plucked out of a, a Vogue promotional ad where they've got all these models and designers talking about how much they admire and they grew up on Edna Mode being their designer oh, yeah, of choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every now and again, they'll splice in interviews with Edna just going yes darling i've worked with those people but i've never worked it's just she she also i do think she embodies another designer out there which is absolutely fantastic very light for light from that perspective but i won't go into more details than that but um it's absolutely beautiful the way they've done this work towards it, and she really does shine as a character again in this film yes it does play off some old jokes from the first film which does you know it's kind of like oh that was an easy joke to make but it is very charming it's very heartwarming and it's just a good ride. It's just a good... I mean, the score is, once again, beautiful. There's a bit where they know that people compare the soundtrack to Bond. They even play a song in the same scale of the James right. Bond theme. Cool. Obviously slightly different, but you can't help but feel like it's a bank holiday afternoon and you're about to see Roger Moore have a car that submerges underwater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's the sort yeah. of mood it puts you in. Um, Frozone's in it quite a bit this time, uh, even though i country- contradictory to my point about male characters being shelved Samuel Jackson does have a bit more of a preeminence in this he helps out Bob because Bob is really struggling looking after kids so they kind of team up to try and do that
0: what a shocker! The mouth, the father figure struggling to bring up the children. That sounds like a a, a used storyline. Well, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but um, it's absolutely glorious. It's it's a feel good hit of the summer. Um, it is a. It's, I can't give it any more praise than that. I really, really enjoyed this. And yeah. um, it has. It will be opened up to a sequel. I have no doubt, and I am pretty sure that the final scene of. Incredibles 2 will be the first scene of Incredibles 3 oh, um, voice acting is absolutely stellar we've got some obviously the original cast but some new additions Ethan Hawke is in this uh, Bob Oden Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawke <laughs> yes yeah yeah the guy who's who's not Christian Bale yeah. is also there as well um, but yes um, some classic characters are still there as well uh, I'm looking I'll... forward
0: to seeing this mate you, yeah, oh, I did think this is the sort of film that I'd be eager to go out and see but seeing the excitement on your face and hearing it in your voice as well so maybe you want to go watch it
1: well I, I highly recommend it I think it's it's a definite worthy sequel it's the best Pixar sequel um, ever so mm. far and you know what Pixar for the first time in a long time have released two films in one year and um, For the UK, anyway, I know people overseas will tell me that Coco came out towards Christmas for them. But in the UK, it was in January. And, uh, yeah, it's a great year for for Pixar. Coco, for me, is probably the best Pixar film they've ever done. And uh, this is their best sequel they've ever done. So I'm giving it four out of five. Wow. and that's the only reason why it's not a 5 out of 5. It's just because I felt that it kind of played off some of the tropes of the first film a bit too much. Um, I think it's a great step forward in terms of writing, in terms of the the addressing the gender disbalance in, in storytelling. Um, there is a charming scene at the end where pretty much... Um, that, that, well, it's not even the end, it's in the middle, where this is really hard to write for. Where basically mr incredible has to understand that he has to get with the times and he finds out that this private backer doesn't want him he actually wants elastigirl and he tries to he tries to say it without saying it but "But what do you want her for when you've got me Mm. and they deal with the writing in a way which a shows the humanity that he realizes that wait a minute it's not all about me Mm whilst at the same time bringing Elastigirl to the forefront. That's that's a very difficult writing to do for and a lot of lesser writers would have absolutely made a hand fist of it. So I think it's a very good film bring your kids to it it's very enjoyable there is an animated short at the start as all tradition with pixar films it is very very charming you just want it feels like a just like a, a hug you know it's no way to describe these films they're just really enjoyable four out of five the incredibles 2 go see it mom's new job it's time to make some wrong things right help me bring supers back into the sunlight change people's perceptions about
3: superheroes
1: and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast if you've enjoyed listening to it as we've enjoyed making it please click on the like subscribe download follow stalk whatever button it means that you get more content from talk filmy to me thank you so much for your patience and waiting for us to release this pod i know uh, some people were a bit frustrated with waiting for us to release don't worry we'll be back to our usual weekly schedule from now on and um, i want to thank jamie dude It's always a pleasure. How can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at MrHannonInSpace. Hannon in space! space. It's a thing I do every time he's on there. Um, (laughs) Next week, we'll be back with more reviews. We'll hopefully be talking about Mission Impossible 2. We'll have a streaming gem for you. We'll be playing higher or lower. We'll be back with a feature as well. And the feature is going to be Films that had trailers that didn't show scenes in the actual final cut. It's going to be quite interesting. We're going to have a bit of debate about it, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Anyway, stay filmy till next time. Talk filmy to me.